Hello, friends. Hope you guys are having a good morning. Um, welcome to the podcast. Welcome to the podcast. Hope for today. Uh, I feel like that hope is one of those things uh, that is, you know, it's rare for, for, for someone to have true hope, real hope. And so uh, that's why we study God's word. Uh, if you look up the word hope in the scriptures, uh, there's two sources for hope. One is God himself. He's the God of hope. And second is the scriptures um, that we through patience um, uh, may have hope, right? And so it's so important for us to know the word of God. And by knowing God's word, we can know God himself and we will have hope. So that's why we go through and study God's word verse by verse. And to understand it is to understand more of God. We'll never come to the place where we understand everything about God. Um, but it will, by knowing the scriptures, it will increase our faith in God. And through that faith, we can have hope. Um, okay, let's jump right in. We're in Ephesians chapter number four. I'd like to have a quick prayer this morning. And uh, if you would as well, just there in your heart, especially if you're driving. Um, but uh, let's just let's just pray and ask God to bless. Father, I pray that you would bless this podcast. Help those who are listening. Help me as I uh, present it. May it be clear and pray that you would give us a great day in Jesus name. Amen. Okay. So Ephesians chapter four, we're going to look at verse number 29. Okay. It says this, uh, let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth, but that which is good to the use of edifying that it may minister grace unto the hearers. Okay. Um, and then it gets into more details and we'll cover more of those details next time. Uh, it gets into not grieving the Holy Spirit. And then verse 32, be kind one to another, right? So it's always interesting in scripture when it tells us not to do something, it always gives us uh, the positive thing to do or the right thing to do. Uh, and so when it says, let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth, what does it mean by that? It teaches us here that God wants us to take responsibility for our words, for our comments, and for our feedback that we give to people. I read recently in a book that a teenage girl in North Carolina in the United States asked on social media whether or not she should kill herself. Her followers said yes, so she did. The name of the book is Hope Always. It's written uh, for those who um, may be suicidal or for those who can counsel uh, people who are suicidal. And uh, this girl was reaching out on social media for some hope. She was looking for a reason to live. And it's so easy online these days where people don't really take a lot of responsibility for the words that they have. And in this particular case, a girl uh, was reaching out in any way that she could didn't get the answer that she was looking for, and she killed herself. The Bible says, Proverbs 18, 21, death and life are in the power of the tongue, and they that love it shall eat the fruit thereof. So it's almost as if the Bible's teaching us here that the words that we use with people will come back to us and we'll have to eat them, right? And they'll either be life to us or they will be death to us. I wonder if perhaps sometimes... 
we are living in, you know, uh, this is the kind of idea where, where we talk about you'll have to eat your words, right? And usually that's a negative context, but really it can be a positive one as well. Um, that the effect that we have on people can will come back to us. And so sometimes I feel like that people uh, may have difficulty in life with their relationships uh, and maybe some of the depression, anxiety, frustration, anger, hopelessness can be attributed to the fact that they're not using um, they're not using good language. They're not using good words. And so people react to that and they come back and as the verse says, death and life are in the power of the tongue. Remember the gospel means good news. This is the spirit of Christ that he wants us to learn from him. Not delusional, okay? It's not, we're not pretending that it's good news, but it is real hope that is rooted in the person of God, in the truth of God's word, in the resurrection of Christ, and in your personal encounter with Jesus for the forgiveness of sins. The foundation of being a life-giving talker consists of receiving a new heart from which to speak. The Bible says in Romans 1.16, For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. The gospel in our life makes all the difference in the world. It changes us. From death to life, from condemned to redeemed, from a death talker to a life talker, from someone whose foundational heart condition is that of being dead in their trespasses and sins and alienated from the life of God and from God himself to now the foundational atmosphere of my heart is that I am forgiven by God. I've experienced God's love through the sacrifice of Christ. And is out of this well of forgiveness and grace that I can now, that now uh, it affects my speech to other people. We've been born again. The Bible says in John 3, 3, Jesus answered and said unto him, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. 1 Peter 1.23, being born again, not of corruptible seed, but of incorruptible by the word of God, which liveth and abideth forever. So in our verse, it says, uh, let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth. The word corrupt means rotten, rotten, putrefied, corrupted by one and no longer fit for use. Okay, it has the uh, kind of the connotation of like rotting vegetables or rotting animal flesh. Okay, it lead, this leads to further infection and further decay. By contrast, in Revelation 8 and 4, when it says, And the smoke of the incense which came with the prayers of the saints ascended up before God out of the angel's hand. Now, this is kind of poetic language, and uh, it's describing heaven. And it's saying that this, this incense, right, in the, it, it appeared to be uh, uh, incense that was on fire and the smoke's coming up, right? And so incense smells really good. And this is supposed to represent the prayers of the saints in heaven that's coming before God with this, with this sweet smell, right? So if you contrast that with corrupt communication, the smell of rotting vegetables, rotting animal flesh, right? Uh, green, the green garbage bin here in Toronto, right? Those are two totally different things. 
Uh, this is uh, when we're talking about corrupt communication. Let it says, let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth. Inappropriate sexual innuendos, swearing, taking God's name in vain, hate, hateful comments. This is not the spirit of Christ. The temptation these days in the age of virtue signaling is that we try to say something extreme to signal our purity and virtue. And oftentimes, this signaling can really be very hateful. This is not Christ-like. It's extremely selfish. You're trying to build yourself up by tearing others down. The Bible says in James uh, chapter number 3, it says in James 3, 5, Even so the tongue is a little member and boasteth great things. Behold, how great a matter a little fire kindleth. So that verse talks about the effect that our speech has on people. It's like a little flame that can become a giant forest fire. Isn't it interesting when the Bible talks about our speech? In Proverbs, death and life are in the power of the tongue. In James, the tongue is a little member, right? A tiny member of our body. But it's like a it's like a flame that can kindle a great fire, right? These are all words that are describing the incredible potential, all right? Oftentimes when you think of kindling a great fire, that can be, you know, deadly and dangerous. But at the same time, uh, it can also be an amazing thing, right? Fire keeps it, can keep us warm. Fire can cook our food. And so it's important for us to, to think about our words, is it sending death to the person that is hearing them or is it sending life? Is it a reflection of my salvation and the good news of the gospel or is it more of a reflection of my flesh and my old life? Okay. Um, am I kindling a fire in somebody to love God and to trust God and have faith or am I kindling the desire of fear? Am I reinforcing the loneliness? Am I... Uh, encouraging them to go on in their doubt and go on in expressing the nature of their flesh, right? So it says, let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth, but that which is good, now how do we know that it's good, goes on, to the use of edifying. Now the word edify means to build in a literal sense, to instruct and improve the mind, okay? So When we're talking about edify, my words, does it edify somebody? Does it build them up? Not flattery, okay, but does it promote their faith? Does it promote a spirit of politeness and grace? Not pretending, not doing everything in a sing-songy voice like life is a cartoon. We're not talking about that, okay? We're talking about where we speak with kindness, okay? We're caring about the other person. We care deeply whether or not our words please the Lord. Does my speech promote the happiness of others? Does it promote faith in God to others? This is a really important truth when we're thinking about our families. Sometimes we can be really polite to strangers. I was in the train station early this morning in this. I was sitting on a bench waiting uh, for the the train and uh, this lady walked by. She had a bunch of luggage with her. She was so polite. Oh, sir, I'm so... 
you know, I'm, I'm a bit turned around. Um, would you please show me where to, you know, and she's asking me directions. Very polite, very nice. You know, and I directed her as best I could. And sometimes we're like that with strangers, but when it comes to our family, when it comes to our children, when children speak to their parents, sometimes with that familiarity, we need to very much be reminded of the power of our own words and attitudes in the context of those who are the closest to us in those relationships. We need to look to build up our wife, our husband, our children, not for the sake of self-confidence or not for the, uh, even though that, that can be important, we don't want to denigrate somebody. We don't want to talk down to them. We don't want to uh, call somebody names and they begin to think of themselves in that way. That's important. But more important than that, it's important for us to build them up. Okay, And we can do that because God builds us up. This is the foundational truth of the gospel is the very grace and truth that God has shown me. I then show that to other people. I can treat others with respect and with grace and kindness because God treats me with respect and grace and kindness. It says um, in the last piece of this verse, let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth, but that which is good to the use of edifying that it may minister grace unto the hearers, but it ministers grace to the hearers. It's not judgmental. It's not critical. It's not hateful. It's meant for your benefit. Word choices should be meant for the building up of others, the graceful building up of others. Some, the Bible says the, the wrath of man worketh not the righteousness of God. And sometimes we can try to help somebody, but we do it with the spirit of wrath, a spirit of, of great anger, and it can hurt and not help. We can be telling somebody the right thing, but if not done with the intention of, okay, I'm doing it with the intention of building, but we're not doing it with the spirit of grace, it can actually have the opposite effect. A hammer can be used to build, but a hammer can also be used for destruction. Let me just make a quick application and then we'll conclude this particular session. It says, minister grace to the hearers. It's important for us to also think about the way that we talk to ourselves. Sometimes people are really good about talking nice to others. But we are very quick to latch on to the accusations in our own mind. Remember, Satan is the accuser of the brethren, right? And I am a brother. A brother, like I, I'm, I belong to Christ. So I'm a, I'm, I'm a brother, a spiritual brother of Christ. Sometimes if I'm not careful, I will not have edifying self-talk. Again, it's not one of these, I am the greatest I'm an incredible, it's not that, but it's also not one of these, God hates me, I'm a horrible person, I'm, you know, I don't feel for, it's like sometimes we can work so hard on speaking kindly and edifying others, but when it comes to really talking 
to ourself uh, or thinking about ourself, we can either go to the point where it's really self-destruction. It's death talk to ourself, right? That, in- that can include pride as well, okay? We need to be careful how we speak to ourselves. Let me give you two verses. It says in uh, Ephesians 5, so this is another chapter, Ephesians 5, 18, 19, and be not drunk with wine wherein is excess, but be filled with the Spirit, okay? God doesn't want us controlled with substance, okay? Uh, he wants us to be controlled by the Holy Spirit. But it's interesting where it says in Ephesians 5, 19, speaking to yourselves in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord. Now, that yourselves can mean, it can mean two things. It can mean yourselves as in the group, speaking to yourselves, psalms and hymns. But I believe we can be true to the text and also say speaking to yourself, right? Speak to yourself out of the fountain of your salvation. Speak to yourself in spiritually healthy terms, in correct godly terms. Because if I'm speaking to myself in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, and I've got that singing and making melody in my heart to the Lord, that is going to have a drastic impact on how I speak to other people. Jude 1 and verse 20 and 21. But ye, beloved, building up yourselves on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost, Jude and verse 21, 121, keep yourselves in the love of God, looking for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ unto eternal life. Okay, building up yourselves. How do you talk to yourself? We need to talk to other people out of the fountain of our salvation. But we also need to talk to ourselves that way too. That's one reason why we meditate on scripture. That's one reason why we sing spiritual, healthy songs. What a profound truth. Sometimes when I find myself not using the right tone or the right word choice with my kids or with my wife or with those around me or even with strangers really goes deeper than that because it's how have I been talking to myself? How have I been talking to God? Probably haven't been talking to God. Maybe prayer hasn't been there as much as I should, as it much as it should be, but maybe I've not been allowing myself to meditate and speak to myself out of that healthy, spiritual, spirit-filled life. And instead, maybe my self-talk is more directed in the flesh and the death. I can't be meditating in death talk on myself and give other people health. Okay? Points to believe. Number one, believe God's grace is sufficient to change any speech which is displeasing to the Lord. That includes talking to others as well as talking to yourself. Number two, believe your speech is an important aspect of the Christian walk. Number three, believe your speech has the power to build or the power to destroy, right? It's either a fire that's being used for good, okay? Or it's a fire that's being used for destruction. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. Number four, believe God can empower you to be a builder and encourager with your words. 
And we've got three action points here. Number one, accept God's direction. Accept God's direction to modify my words. Okay, if God is speaking to you specifically about a particular person that you're talking to or a particular speech pattern of yours, maybe from your past, accept that God is directing you to change that. Number two, yield to the Holy Spirit to empower me to choose my words carefully. Number three, I'm going to choose grace talk, life talk, talk that builds the other person, not selfish talk that tears them down and builds me up. You know, going back to that social media application, I think sometimes people fall into the trap of this virtue signaling because it's really a reflection of the way that they've been talking to themselves. And I believe that when we look into God's word and we find the hope of, of the scripture and the way that God thinks about us, we begin to believe God's perspective about us and that gives us an opportunity and the strength and the power to then be graceful and edify others in our speech. Guys, thanks so much for listening. Have a great week. We will talk to you next time.